When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Merry Christmas, fight fans, and a happy new year to you. Welcome to the final episode of 2020. This is the Christmas special. From BTR Boxing Podcast. This is going to be all about the weekend's action that's just gone. The final big fight weekend of the year. And we're going to be talking all about it. Canelo the superstar. The pound for pound number one. People even contemplating whether this guy could even go as far as Cruiserweight. Well of course we're going to be discussing all that in the episode. Talking about the future for Callum Smith. Is he too big for super middleweight? Does he need the light heavyweight division? It's all going to be discussed in this episode as well. Johnson, it's Christmas. I'm really excited. Christmas week and we're recording this final episode for for the 2020 season and we're going to be going through a lot of the fights. But generally, this is uh, it's been a strange year, but how, how good is it to have been able to get some of these fights in the back end of, of 2020 given how, how crap of a year it started off to be? Oh, it did, didn't it? I mean, it started off with so much potential. I remember starting out our wish list at the start of this year and we, we thought 2020 is going to be the year and there's so many fights that we put together and, and thought may happen some were probably stretching it a bit and then obviously we get that wretched coronavirus and all of a sudden then Finch just, <laughs> it's got all peak tongue hasn't it it's just been a shit year and then uh, I'm, I thankfully the boxing started up and, and as you say we've had all the, the best fighters all the pound for pound best across the board that have all fought at some point which is terrific and and that's what it was all about and to end it with a bang this weekend um, um no arguments because we've got boxing back that's the main thing it is the main thing so at the top of the episode i, I briefly talked about 
Callum Smith and Canelo and their fight over the weekend. I think before I go into it, <laughs> as always, the last couple of weekends I've been talking about these little sort of bets that I've been putting on and winning. Well, I'm not going to talk about the bet that I won this weekend because I didn't win a bet on any of these fights. But what I did win is the prediction league that I'm in as part of the ESBR boxing lads over there. We've had a prediction league going since around February this year and we restarted it once boxing restarted. And when we restarted it, I honestly didn't think I'd get to the point where I'd win a prediction league. But to win the prediction league this past weekend was absolutely fantastic and a great way to, to go into Christmas. Having now spent all the money on presents for the family, <laughs> this is a great way of getting some of it back by predicting some of the fights. And lo and behold, I managed to win that. But Johnston, let, let's, let's go into the serious stuff now. Let's talk about the Canelo versus Callum Smith fight this past weekend. And Canelo, we said, would win this fight. I predicted within six rounds. Uh, it wasn't within six rounds. It was obviously a unanimous decision. Uh, completely shut out Callum Smith out of this fight. Looked really good in doing so. There was a few moves that he pulled off in that fight where I was like, oh my God, this guy is unbelievable. This is why he's the pound for pound number one. This is why we voted him last year as the, the best fighter of the last 10 years. This guy has developed into an absolute machine. Regardless of what we've said about him in the past, regardless of, of, of what people have said about him in the past, this guy is the best fighter on the planet at this moment in time. I can't disagree with you. I, I, I think I did disagree with you at the beginning of this year, uh, sort of throwing uh, or flying the Lamanchenko flag and the potential Crawford uh, flags. But let's be honest, um, you know, we'll go into the other stuff on, on our other episode of BTR. But in terms of Canelo, I mean, I used to I used to get frustrated because of of the situation with the tainted meat, and that that frustrated me for a long time. And then the two Golov fights I feel like he lost one and, and, he, and he took a draw in a second that's what that's my honest assumption of it um that aside you can't help but just have to applaud the guy I mean look what he's done against Kovlev look what he's done again against Callum Smith it is unreal I mean the size difference in that ring is, is just unthinkable it, it, it was just so strange to see it just didn't seem right at all it didn't fit right and I think so much to the point where people I know, uh, from what I've heard, is a lot of people are now questioning whether Canelo may be taking something more, you know, on the sly um, <laughs> that's helping and improving his, uh, his his ability or his endurance. End of the day, it's not been proven. Uh, we can't even go nowhere near that. But let's just accept that Canelo in the ring is phenomenal to watch. He is outstanding in, in every department. He really is. He's got everything. He ticks all the right boxes. And what he did against Callum Smith, against a genuine super middleweight, one of the best super middleweights about, and he made him look ordinary. And that's the thing. And it made him look so ordinary that it's actually got people questioning whether he should maybe even move to a different team and, and, and change his trainer. But let's be real. Whoever Canelo fights at the minute, it just seems to be go. It's all one-way traffic, and he's going to make you look average. I think that's how it is. The only person that's ever not made him look at, or he's the only opponent, only opponent he hasn't made look average is obviously the Mayweather fight and Golovkin. Other than that, it's just been all plain sailing for him. And 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 a trip, just a great performance, Sean. It really was. I can't knock it. People are trying to find ways of knocking it, but you can't. He was just outstanding. He was outstanding. He was. He's a special fighter. I think we've just got to accept the fact that he is a special fighter. This guy will probably go down as Mexican's greatest fighter ever. A bold statement, given the Mexican fighters that we've seen over the years. But he's 30 years old, and look at what he's won in 
in in that time he's been a professional boxer. He's been a professional since he was 15. 15 years. And everything he's won is unbelievable in that time. He's 30. He's still probably got another good few years in him yet. And in his prime, this is his peak. I mean, he could go up to light heavyweight again. He's talking about staying at super middleweight and, and moving between super middleweight and middleweight. And there's a lot of fights out there for him that will still continue to build this legacy that he's already created. It's exciting, to be honest with you, because I've not been excited about a fighter like this for for a long time. This is like us living through the 1980s as boxing fans and seeing the likes of Duran, Hagler, Leonard, Aguayo, Pryor, Hearns, all these fighters... It's like we're living through this, but we've got one special fighter now, and it's Canelo, and he's just beating everybody who's being put in front of him. And he's finding ways to break them down, to beat them, to negate all their strengths. And that's exactly what he did against Callum. He did exactly that. He targeted Callum's left arm. And obviously, we we can see the state of Callum's left arm with his detached bicep. At the end of the fight, it looked horrific. It looked like someone had injected something into his bicep. It looked horrible. But it was to counter, it was to stop that counter left hook coming from Callum Smith. He negated what Callum Smith had in his arsenal, which is a great counter left hook, and he negated, he negated that. My my concern with Callum Smith and my concern with Joe Gallagher's camp at the moment is that there seems to be a bit of a trend growing within the camp and with the fighters that he's got in there of not seeming to be able to have a backup plan when plan A doesn't go correctly. It seems like once they get into the fight with these guys that they're going in the ring with, given it's special fighters, of course, they don't seem to have anything to back it up with. They don't even seem to be able to to, to keep themselves in the fight convincingly. And it's happened recently with a few of his fighters. And Callum Smith is another example. People have had so many arguments this week on social media about Callum Smith and is is he overmatched? Was he completely overmatched in that fight? You've got to remember he was the he was the WBA and the ring super middleweight champion. He wasn't a champion mm-hmm. for no reason. He wasn't a champion for no reason. So overmatched, I don't agree with. He's just come up against a special fighter. Yes, he probably didn't have a plan B. And I do think that's something to do with the way Joe Gallagher trains his fighters. And I seen I seen a few people commenting about it when I was looking on it yesterday. And there was there was one person that came to my mind where I thought, you know what? I know he's got this loyalty to Joe Gallagher, but I'd like to see him possibly move to someone like a Shane McGuigan. You know, someone who's gonna gonna change his style just that little bit differently. That's gonna give him maybe that extra bit of of emphasis that he needs on his attributes. And I'm not saying Joe Gallagher hasn't done a great job. Joe Gallagher's been named a Ring Magazine Trainer of the Year on two occasions, and that's not because he, you know, for no, it's no re- there's no reason why he's not. He's been a great he's been a great trainer. But what I have seen in the past couple of years. People like Crawler, people like Scott Quigg, Callum Smith, the other Smith brothers that he's trained, Liam Smith, they've all not seemed to have a plan B when plan A doesn't go correctly. That's my concern with with Smith's future is people are saying, should he move? I would think about it. If it was me, I would think about it because at at this point in his career now, he's got a choice to make. Does he boil down to 168 and struggle to boil down to 168? Or does he move to 175, challenge some of the great fighters up in that division and potentially change his trainer and, and move things up a bit? This is what I suppose I want to get your opinion on. I mean, we've seen so many different opinions via social media, but genuinely, 
what what do you think is the right move for him now? I think um, I've always we've always said it with Callum. It surprises me that he even makes one six five. It it just it just looks like a light heavyweight. I mean, he looked like a light heavyweight in the ring for me on early hours of the morning when I was watching that fight. It just looked huge and 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 he fought small as well. I mean, he does fight pretty small anyway at times. But there, you know, there are other fights. I mean, even the commentator was saying there was one fight particularly threw more jabs in a fight than in recorded history or something crazy like that. And he didn't throw the jab. I mean, I know obviously he had a, obviously had an injury at some point, but uh, you know it, it, everything he needed to do against Canelo, he didn't do. Um, and then when he went back to the corner, again, a lot of the corner, a lot of the camera angles. As I was watching the fight, I watched this earlier in the morning. It's not easy, even though I fell asleep and can't to watch it. Sometimes there's things you miss, and I haven't watched it back since. But well, the camera's always in Canelo's corner, so you didn't really get to see what Gallagher was saying to him. And when you did, it was like they were talking over it. You couldn't quite get what what instructions he was getting in there. But there was a moment in the fight where he did start to sort of go for Canelo a little bit. And and when I again I did listen to the commentary, something I don't normally do. And um, you, I must say that there were times where I thought Smith was starting to come into it a little bit. I, th- I think it was around sort of like the fifth, sixth, seventh. He, he started to win some rounds for me. I think he won those those just that little cluster in the middle that I thought he won those rounds and then Canelo come back and bossed it and then literally just bossed him, which was crazy. But yeah, it, it was a bit like that. It felt like um, when he went in the ring, it got to a stage where my power's not going to, I'm not going to knock him out and I, I, I haven't got the ability to beat him on points. So I'm just going to survive. And I think that was his natural instinct. That's the impression I felt when I was watching the fight. And even Demetrius Andre even said that he's just come to just, he's just sort of basically said he's going through the motions. Like, I have to agree with him in a way. It did feel like that, that he's just come to survive. And that's what you don't want. And it's happened before with Gallagher. Is, you know, when they step up to guys, I mean, with, with Liam, for instance, they, they, they sort of, they try to survive rather than try to win the fight. It's hard. You're against a guy against, as you say, he's, he's going to go down as probably one of the greatest of the Mexican fighters, which is an unbelievable achievement. I mean, you can't even say how much of an achievement that is. And he is head and shoulders above anybody else. Bar Golovkin. I mean, Golovkin fought, we'll probably mention that in a little while, Sean, but Golovkin, I think he's the only guy that could potentially beat Canelo. I mean, he already has for me, but he's getting on a bit. But he's the only one out there that could really touch him, unless, just going away from the, the question you've asked me, Sean, but I'm going on a tandem here. The only other name which I'd like to see is like Canelo Spence if he moved up to middleweight. If Canelo wants to drop down and he wants to, if he moved up to middle, I think that's a great fight. That's a fight that could happen, and it's a fight I didn't even think about until after the fight. Like in, in terms of who can actually test Canelo, and Errol Spence, Errol Spence is one of them, and I think Golovkin. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to beat him, but I think they're the ones that could push him all the way. Even Billy Joe on a way depends whether he shows up. But going back to Callum. Yeah, he just went through the motions at times. I think he just, as I say, it was survival mode. Um, I think he would be better off going up to one, to, to the light heavyweight division, 175. I think that will be the division where, he, as you say, he can have some great fights. You know, the Bivols out there, um, uh, Baterviev, you know, some great fights. Even on like, if you fought Buatzi, I mean, that's a great fight. So there's fights out there. And the, the shout to go with uh, Shane, uh, again, the McGuigan, I, I think that's a great shout as well. I think maybe it, time's run out with Joe. That's that's a, that's that's probably what was happened. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree that time probably has run out with him, and I think a move to 175 could be a prosperous thing for him. Already, people are talking like he's already moved up. He's not officially moved up, but I think a lot of us do suspect that he is going to move up. It yeah. seems it seems a logical thing to do, to be honest with you. I mean, he says he's been making the weight fine, but he's not going to admit that on camera, is he? He's not going to really sit there and say, oh, yeah, I've really been struggling with the weight for God knows how long. It just comes across as an excuse, and and that's that's probably why he won't want to say it. And that's fair enough, and respect to him, yeah, for doing that and for not for not suggesting that the weight is a problem, even though it looks like it is to to us. But fair play to him for doing what he did. He got in there, he, he tried his best. The best wasn't good enough. He, he's in there with the better fighter. Simple as that. And he's tried to test himself against the best. He's come up short, and it's back to the drawing board for him. And like you said, fights for Canelo going forward. Would I like to see Golovkin three? Uh, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm interested in it now. I, I mean, people are raving about the fact that this could happen again because, as we said, Golovkin won, which we'll go into a little bit later. Golovkin won his fight, got a great knockout. Is he still a force in the division? Yeah, I would say so, but I just don't think we're going to get the same as we what we got two years ago when these two got in the ring for the first time. I mean, obviously, Golovkin's yeah. older. Canelo is, is older and wiser and stronger and still the fresher, younger man. So for me, I'm not really that interested in that particular fight. What I want to see is these undefeated guys that are young and hungry, that, that want the these big fights with Canelo. Billy Joe Saunders, the only other British super middleweight that we've got now that is potentially going to be able to challenge Canelo. We've got Caleb Plant, which we mentioned on the preview show, as, as a great fight for Canelo in the future. Demetrius Andre down at middleweight. Yeah, another fantastic fight. There's there's plenty of options for Canelo now moving forward. Uh, will he ever move up to light heavyweight? I think he will. I think he will go back up. I think they'll, money will talk and he will go back up there, whether it'll be Baturbiev, whether it'll be Bivol. Who knows, but I can see him moving between them three weights for the next three or four years of his career. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see these big fights. I'm excited to see the mega fights with Canelo Alvarez in because the exciting factor about him is that he just seems to be able to handle anything between 160 and 175. <laughs> and if he can do that, and that's possibly going to make him one of the greatest fighters of all time if he continues on this run of form that he's on. So enough of Canelo versus Smith. Let's move straight on to the Golovkin fight then, whilst we've been talking about Canelo. And Golovkin returned in fashion against the undefeated Zera Zometa, who was 21-0, and he stopped him. And Golovkin, he did look good. I'll be honest with you, watching the fight back, he looked good. Does he look as good as what he did a few years ago? No, not to me. Not not to me, he doesn't. His age is catching up with him. I think he's, what, is he 37 now? And he's, I think he has started to slow a little bit. Will that suit him against a guy like Canelo in the future? Who knows? But he looked good against a guy that, again, not a lot of us knew. He was the mandatory for the title, but not a lot of us knew who he was and who he'd been in the ring with. And as I pointed out, he'd not really been in the ring with many people that I was aware of. A lot of the fighters were mixed records. So that just told us that Golovkin was coming back, he was there to defend his titles against his mandatory, setting himself up for a potential fight down at middleweight with Canelo for a third time. But again, is there fights for Golovkin out there? Is there fights for Golovkin that we could see him in, other than Canelo? Yeah, I mean, just just going to Canelo, I mean, I enjoy watching Canelo in a way. Um, Canelo, Golovkin, sorry. I, I, you know, on Friday, I managed to catch up on that the next morning uh, with this wonderful design app. Now you can actually catch up with all this stuff. It's just genius. Two pounds. I mean, absolute bargain. 
I, I enjoyed his performance. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been a fan of him, but as you say, the age is obviously going to creep in. He's not going to be quite as fresh as he was. But for me, he is the only man that has beaten Canelo other than Mayweather. And I thought we beat him quite convincingly in the first fight. You know, I know the records don't suggest it because obviously his Dan is a, is a loss for him uh, or a draw even in the first one. You know, for me, he got robbed. And that is one of the, for me, if you're going to look at any robberies, I think that's probably the closest robbery you're going to get. Honest, that's my honest opinion. And, and he, 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 at times, I thought you boss Canelo. He, he stopped him from doing the things that he's now doing. Trouble is, Canelo's now improved. You know, he, he looks better. So if he did fight Golovkin, uh, Canelo, you can't help but edge to him because he, he just, he's just going to be sharper. He's a bit more fresher. He's younger. It's just inevitable that he will get a points win because neither of them are going, let's be honest. So I can understand why you wouldn't want to see the trilogy. It's just nice to have that trilogy, I think, and it just cements his status, Canelo. Although, again, I'm not going to keep saying it. Golovkin won that fight. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I, Andre, I mean, Demetrius Andre is a good fight for him. Billy Joe Saunders. If Billy Joe goes and fights uh, Golovkin and gets something against him and he can keep away and win that on points, gives him a great shot against Canelo. If you've got a Billy Joe Saunders that his mind set and he's 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 his head's down, he's working hard, he is a problem for both of them. I, I hate to say, it. I mean, people will knock it because they're like, you know, he hasn't really proven himself, but he has the skill. You know, we've seen it. Floyd Mayweather beat Canelo comfortably in that style. Billy Joe's got that ability to beat both of them. I mean, it's up to him. He needs to get his head in place. And he could fight both these two. I think they're the fights we've, we've been cre- cr- sort of crying out for for the last two years now, um, even three years. Um, so, yeah, going back, I, I like Golovkin. I'm, I'll keep watching him until he literally finishes out on his feet. And he probably, that's the only way he's going to go down, this guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. The, the other fella, he thought weren't anything special. He got he, he showed a bit of heart, a bit of grit. I thought he was going to go early and he fought back. So, credit to the, to his opponent. Well, on that same card, there was a, a shock upset as Ali Akhmedov got beaten off Carlos Gongora. Actually stopped. And Ali Akhmedov is the one that's been stopping everybody in the lead-up to it. I actually predicted Akhmedov would win by KO. And then to see Gongora get the victory over, over him was, was quite a bit of a... A shocking one. It wasn't so shocking because he was 18 and 0, of course. You know, he wasn't exactly uh, a complete nobody. He was up and coming the same as Akhmedov. But I suppose they put so much hype behind Akhmedov that when Gungora got the victory, it was, it was, I suppose, shocking because of the perception of Akhmedov we've got. And we mentioned John Ryder on the card. And John Ryder, I think he got away with one against Mike Guy, who was 12-5-1 on the night. I think he absolutely got away with a victory against him. He didn't look the same John Ryder that bullied Callum Smith around the ring 12 months before. And we mentioned, you know, is he on this card because they're setting a fight up with him in the future with one of the big fighters, possibly? Is Eddie Hearn trying to do that? We don't know. But he didn't look all that well on the, the card on Friday night. And I don't know whether or not he's going to be able to get one of these big fights with anybody because he honestly didn't look great. And I was very, very surprised. And I'm just wondering what that was, the reason behind why he didn't seem to look as good as what he's previously looked in his fights. But I did catch the John Ryder fight as well and, and, and noticed that, is this guy going to actually get another big fight? And if he does, who's it going to be against? Based on that performance, I can't see him causing anybody at the top level any problems. Yeah, it's funny with 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 guys like John. I, I reckon it's probably the fact that he's up against an opponent that just doesn't get him going. I think he's one of them fighters. He needs to have a big name. If he knows he like when he fought Callum, he was well up for the fight, and 
that helps. I think Martin Murray was one like that, wasn't he? If he fought against low-key guys, he would he'd be a bit average. Keep talking about Billy Joe. Plugging him out here today. I don't know why, but he's another one. If he's fighting against a guy that he don't really, you know, he's going to walk through it. He doesn't perform well. Maybe that could have been a mental thing with, with John. I haven't seen the fight, so I'm going on what you're telling me here. So I'm guessing, he, I don't know, he just weren't up for it. Maybe the, the absence from the ring as well. But, um, I mean, he's, he's a talent at times. I mean, we've seen what he can do when he, when he pushed Callum. So, yeah, he's he's one of the he's, he's in the top ranks in uh, in in the UK. Um, there are fights out there for him. I just think maybe it could be the gap that he's had from the ring, as well as mentally probably not just preparing himself for the fight. Right. Well, one other fight that happened on Friday in the UK, which was on Channel Great 5. Great fight. You've already saying it. You've already beaten me to it this time. Craig Richards, Craig Richards beating Shaqan Peters to win the British Light Heavyweight title. And again, you've said it. You took the words right out of my mouth. As Meatload said, this was a great fight, a fantastic fight. And Craig Richards shocked a lot of people because a lot of people didn't think Craig Richards would beat Shaqan Peters. And that was a surprise to a lot of us. What did you think of that one then, Johnston? Really enjoyed it. Really did. I'm, I'm really pleased for, for, for Craig Richards, Spider Richards. It, it it was inevitable people were going to pick Shaqan. I always thought it was a 50-50 fight because, you know, you think who Richards has faced in the ring. He's had uh, some great opponents. I mean, the, the Frankie Berrini fight, he got, he got robbed in that fight as well, I thought, the, the defeat on his record. He, he's got talent. He has got talent, Craig. He, he's a definite threat in the, in the light heavyweight division. Will he go on to pick world up, world honours up? Probably not. But you never know. I mean, he showed that he's got, he's savvy, he's clever. He, he, and Shekhan had that long reach and, and you know, he caught him and, and Peters went down and then he ended up finishing him off. And I was really impressed with Craig Spider Richards. And obviously, he's, a lot of my friends know him. You know, he, he's literally, he, he lives up the road from where I was brought up all my life in Crystal Palace. So, I'm just really pleased for the fella. Can't can't help but uh, be really pleased and just hope that he can get a nice big fight and, and get himself a nice big payday. That's what I want for him. But on the other hand, Shakan, I thought we'd done well. I just think he got found out a little bit. He did get found wanting when he was uh, sort of coming in with them long jabs and then sort of as he as he steps back, he leaves himself open. And Craig see that little weakness and he used it. Shows great intelligence, that. Yeah, it was. It was a it was a great fight. I'll admit, you know, I, I thought Shakan had win. I picked Shakan to win this particular fight and I just thought he'd have too much. But Craig Richards yet again proved everybody wrong. And he proved us wrong because of the fact that he was able to get under that jab and he was able to land them telling blows. And Craig Richards has always had power. It's just about landing the shots that he needed to land to hurt him. And I think his last fight, a lot of people, including myself, kind of went off his last fight where he didn't perform, he didn't step up to that level because I think, like you've said, a few fighters are like that. They'll only perform when they've yeah. got people in front of them where they feel like, actually, I need to be at 100% to beat this guy. I don't need to be at 70%. I need to be at 100%. And he was at 100% to, to beat Shaq Peters. And it's a great victory for him. And on social media, Lyndon Arthur was the first one to tweet out about it, saying British title looks good, indicating that he wants to unify, well, not so much unify, but he wants to win the British title, currently holding the Brilliant. Commonwealth title in the in the light heavyweight division. So a fight between Spider Richards and Lyndon Arthur, again, another great prospect of a fight, another a great fight for the British light heavyweight scene. And I'd be really excited to see that. And then actually... I'd rather see that fight than a rematch with Anthony Yard with Lyndon Arthur. I'd rather see that. That would be more interesting to me because we've seen how Craig Richards has probably unfairly written off because he was what? I think he was only given about four or five days' notice when he fought Buglione. He was, yeah, late replacement, yeah. So, so that defeats a Buglione then, really. You, you can't really 
you can't really count it in, in some respects, only having only sort of that much notice to fight somebody like Buglione, who at that time was an absolute talent himself. So take that out of the equation. And actually, this is a guy who is, is working his way up and bringing, winning that British light heavyweight title now is putting him in the frame to fight Lyndon Arthur for the Commonwealth title. The one thing I will agree with you on is that I don't think he'll win a world title. My heavyweight division, as we rightly pointed out earlier, is absolutely stacked with monsters, <laughs> monsters of the division. And I can't see Craig Richards, I can't see him beating any of them guys. That's just that's just how we feel about that. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. Happy he got the win uh, over the weekend. And I think there's a few other fights that happened that we never mentioned over the weekend. Sergio Martinez in Spain, headlining a card, winning a fight, and then over in Germany, we had Felix Sturm also winning his fight as well. Wow. And it's crazy to see these guys back in the ring and, and back at it. And it just makes me wonder why, to be honest with you. I, I know all these guys are coming back out of retirement to have exhibitions. We've seen it most recently with Tyson and Jones. But why Why is guys like Sergio Martinez, who's created a great legacy for himself and I mean, Felix Sturm, I was never a big fan of his. I always felt like he was uh, given a lot of hometown decisions, as we as we know from his fights with Macklin and Martin Murray. He was given a, a couple of decisions there that he shouldn't Terrible. have got. But these two guys back in the ring as well over the weekend, more fights on. I, I enjoyed the weekend uh, of boxing, and I think it was a, it was a great way to, to end 2020 for big fights. And I think we've... As we've said at the start of the show, it's, it's it started out so promising, and you know we we had what three or four months out, and then the first sort of fights came back in June, and there and it started to gradually progress. And we had obviously the matchroom fight camp, and it's just got better as the year's gone on, of course. And we've really enjoyed it, and the fact that it's it's forced some of these fights to happen has been great for us as fans because we've been able to enjoy the fruits of some of these great fights that have happened over over the past six months. So I've really enjoyed this past weekend. And I suppose, is there any more any more thoughts to, to, to the last weekend that you've got, Johnston, before we before we move on? Yeah, not, not really, not particularly. I mean, I, again, I, it was probably one of the best weekends for boxing for me this year. I, maybe it's just me. Uh, Christmas came around the corner, you know, little boy's really excited. I'm, you know, I've, I'm done with work for for over a week now is start relaxing and, and then all of a sudden you know you had the the Pitters and, and the Richards fight and then in the morning I watched the Golovkin fight and then you had Canelo and Smith and yeah it's been it's, it's just been nice to be able to watch these these big fights and yeah it felt it felt like it was coming back again so that, you know that that was just great and, it, and obviously, obviously you know just the guys like Canelo and Golovkin getting wins under their belts and 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 it, and it just wants you just want to see more. That's all you want to see now. And, and the fact that one thought I will say is the one thing I all like the start of this year about Canelo. I think I even said it that he'll have he'll have a epoxy fight. He'll have one fight in the year. And it'd be a, it'd be a rubbish fight. And he it almost happened because he did have that one fight. The one fight was a layup for him. And um and I was a bit like I knew this is it. It says it's going to end, end the year. He now gets the Cannon Smith fight. And how how quickly did he get that fight? And the fact is, is, is Cannon Smith, I know he, he had quite short notice as well. I think it was about six weeks or so for Cannon. They asked him, and he, he was seven weeks, and he took it. I wonder if that's another hindrance as well on him. But either way, um, as soon as he become his own man, he's fought Cannon Smith, and he's also even mentioning all the other big names. And you can't help but think that some of them promoters were holding him back. And now he's 30 years old. He knows he's got, he might have a few more years in, don't get me wrong, but he wants all the big fights. He seems hungry for me. 
And I think that's what that's what makes it all exciting, isn't it? Is that and, and he's got nothing. He's got there's no excuses now. If there's any fight he wants, he can have, and I think he wants the best. And I think that's what's really got my juices flowing for this for the new year, especially when it comes to if Canelo can show the way, the biggest you know the biggest star in boxing at the moment. You know, he, there's, there's no doubt about it. For me, he is the, the the main attraction. If he is able to get the big fights with no question, then hopefully the rest will fall in line and they realise actually, do you know what, that's the way to do it. And I'm hoping that that's what happens. Well, we're going to go into more of what we want for 2021 when we do our <laughs> Boxing Wishlist episode in January. We're going to be releasing that in January to our listeners to give you an insight as to what we're thinking 2021 is going to be like. Hopefully, there won't be any more issues with COVID stopping all these fights happening. I really, really hope not. But we will go into that a little bit later on in that particular episode we're going to release. So I think... That sort of sums it up for me in terms of what we've just seen over the weekend, the last big fight weekend of the year. And what it actually prompted me to do was I had a thought of what has actually happened over the Christmas and, and, and New Year period in terms of fights. I never really looked into it and I felt like, you know, actually I'm going to have a look at this before we start this episode and, and, and see if there was anything in particular that I've completely overlooked. And what I did come to find initially was that and it's probably not news to a lot of people who are, are, are absolute hardcore fans, is that in in, in South Asia, it seems to be a, a plethora of, of boxing events that go on over that period of time, over the festive period. Japan and Thailand, in particular, seem to have an appetite for enjoying fisticuffs around this time of the year. And they seem to put on a, quite a lot of cards. And I was looking, th- I was looking through some of the some of the cards that they put on over the past few years and it was some of them were quite notable names I'd, I'd seen Nao Inoue on one of the particular cards and there was a couple of title fights and I'm thinking to myself wow this is <laughs> this is great you know this is something I completely overlooked and then I looked further back and probably the biggest fight I found over the festive period actually happened when Jack Johnson became boxing's first black world heavyweight champion on boxing day in 1908 when he literally toyed with tommy burns before forcing a seventh round stoppage in sydney to start his seven year reign the funniest thing is i did watch a documentary uh the, the one uh that is pretty much always on the other day and i sat down and watched that and i, I remember seeing that fight and I, do you know what i didn't even realize that was christmas wow yeah that was uh it, it, that was an amazing moment uh, absolutely huge right he was chasing him as well wasn't he, he was chasing yeah. him around the world jack johnson to try and get that fight finally gets it and then he just prolonged it he prolonged the beating uh oh that's fascinating i never knew that but ah oh, wow jack johnson that's, that's a career profile we gotta do Absolutely, Jack Johnson. Bloody hell, it'll be as long as the documentary if you do that. The, doc- <laughs> the documentary is about three hours long. I think that episode would be about three hours long, wouldn't it? And Jack Johnson, with the amount of stuff he did in his life, in his career, it'd be unbelievable. There was another one that I did find as well. Uh, a few years later, on Christmas Day of 1923, Harry Greb was supposed to defend his world middleweight title against Tommy Loughran, but Loughran had got stuck into the Christmas turkey a little bit too early, and he actually missed the weight by more than eight pounds, making it a non-title bout. Greb actually went on to win a 10-round decision and would only actually see another two Christmas days while Lochran went on to become the world light heavyweight champion. So there you go. There's a another one on Christmas Day that I never knew about. Oh, Harry Greb. Oh, God. These these guys, he's an absolute legend. I remember reading about Harry and uh, it, the fact that he suffered really badly as well with, with his eyes. I think he was hard. I think he actually went blind early in his career or, you know, not blind completely, but... One, in one of his eyes and he continued fighting for for, for, for further. He, he, he somehow managed to just 
I don't know what he'd done, but you know, back then the medicals weren't great, and he just basically made up some bullshit and got away with it. But um, what a legend! And I, again, I didn't know that. Um, I never knew that they, they fought Vital Christmas Day. But um, what a fire! I mean, Harry Grebbit. Again, talking about these, when you, when you go back and you hear some of these stories, that's another great one we could do for career profiles. But uh, yeah, fascinating. So another one we got was Kid Chocolate in 1933. The classic Cuban was actually in decline at that point of his career. And it was a gift for his opponent, Frankie Click, who stopped him to become the world super featherweight champion in Philadelphia. There's one career profile we have done. Sugar Ray Robinson, that was a long career profile. And he actually spent Christmas Day in 1950 in Frankfurt, Germany, where he punched the lights out of the local Hans Stretz. Now, that's another one. We've, we've, I mean, we, I know we covered his career and we talked about his, his trip over to Germany and his, his European tour. But again, all these Christmas Day fights that we uh, that we not even talked about, it's crazy, to be, to be honest with you. The, the, one, the one thing that I did look into as well is over the festive period, another fighter that we've enjoyed looking into the career. We've not done a profile on yet, but we've done it for Legendary Nights. Jake LaMotta. Obviously, the Raging Bull was in action on New Year's Eve of 1952, where he was actually sent to the canvas for the first time in 103 fights by a right hand from Danny Nadico. Lamotta was beaten so badly that his corner actually pulled him out at the end of that fight in the seventh round in Florida. Wow. Crazy. Another one that, again, I just didn't know. I didn't know some of this stuff. I mean, I don't avidly look into it quite, quite actively and it was only because we, i knew he was doing this episode just before christmas where i felt like well we've got to put something in related to christmas here because it's christmas for god's sake we've got to do the review but then let's put something in that's christmas related so i thought actually i'll have a look into it and see if there was any particular big fights that happened on, on christmas day and the the biggest one was on boxing day the jack johnson fight and then obviously sugar ray robinson having his fight over in, in germany on christmas day and then you've got harry greb and you've got kid chocolate so there's there's plenty of them that's happened i wonder if in the future you know that'd be something that would make a good marketing fixture for the likes of people like eddie hearn i wonder why they've never capitalized on that and, and put a show on on boxing day to, to put all these big fights on. I mean, it's going to be a bit unfair to the fighters and their families, of course, because they've got to make all them sacrifices to, to be on that card. But that's an absolute marketing ploy and a cash grab, surely. Ah, oh, makes perfect sense. I mean, for for a long time, I always thought, as a kid, Boxing Day was to do with boxing. And obviously, <laughs> I found out that it wasn't. I think it was uh, I think it was Victoria. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to give anyone a history lesson, but it is uh, the boxes that the, uh, you know, to, to the masters would give those that have uh, looked after him for the year and it would be like a box present and they give them uh, some presents to just basically to the peasants basically and say here you go thanks for uh for i've been a cunt for the year excuse me dropping the c-bomb there but uh it's some gifts <laughs> um so yeah that was where boxing day apparently come from but um it's a it's a great market employee in it boxing day come on i mean it makes perfect sense you have the football on you know football is always a thing that happens on boxing day you have early kickoffs you have about three or four games on a boxing day why can't boxing do it in the evening that, that makes sense if you can if you can find the fighters enough fighters to put a card together that are willing to make the sacrifice over christmas why not why not do it you you could do it quite easily um and and i think yeah i think it's something that could happen and it's it you know people at home they're enjoying their Christmas. People love to watch the sport after Christmas Day. Um, you know, stick a boxing, a bit of boxing, a bit of live action. That'd be fantastic. 
Oh yeah, I'd love it, mate. I'd absolutely love that. Imagine being G'd up for a big fight on Boxing Day. It's the perfect opportunity. You're, oh, you know, brilliant. You're, you're basically eating your leftovers from Christmas Day and you're <laughs> munching all the chocolate and whatever crap you've bought in the cupboards. And if you're a drinker, you're drinking whatever you like to drink at Christmas. What better way to do it than if you're a, a football fan and a boxing fan, you can just literally have the full day to, to just oh, in, basically indulge on, on some of the greatest stuff that we have that <laughs> that we love as, as human beings. So yeah, I, I, I think it's been overall a a bit of a mixed bag of tricks for for this year but i know that there's still a lot of places in the world that are having issues with covid-19 in particular here in the uk it just seems a little bit pandemonium at the moment and i know in the us in certain parts of it i've spoken to a few of the listeners on on facebook or twitter and they said it's still a bit pandemonium over there as well so you know the thing i can probably say to you guys is Try and enjoy your Christmas the best you can. I mean, I love Christmas. It's, it's <laughs> no pun intended, but it is the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy everything about it. I'm not a religious man. I don't celebrate the religious aspects of it. I just enjoy the fact that it brings my family together, the people that I love together, and and being able to celebrate a, a you know the giving of gifts and and being together and and just the the general togetherness of, of of family is what it's all about for me personally. But everybody has their own reasons for celebrating it some people don't even celebrate it some people are religious and celebrate other other events throughout the year whatever you're doing over this holiday season please enjoy yourself and go and indulge yourself not just on all the food that's available to you go and indulge yourself on the career profiles podcast or the darker side of boxing or maybe even season one and the start of season two of, of legendary nights go and check out all the other available episodes if you've not done that already because i tell you what there's plenty of content there for you to listen to. This is the perfect time to get stuck into one of these series, if you're not already. Perfect time. And I want to give a big shout-out, of course, to our patrons for the podcast, Nick Canada, Brendan O'Flaherty, Rob Evans, and we've also got Tyler Dyer as well. You guys have been an absolute godsend in the back end of this year, joining the Patreon program, becoming members of the Patreon program and supporting our podcast. We can't thank you enough for that support. And all the listeners, everybody that listens to the episodes, of course, we we love you too. Of course we do, because you're supporting what we do. We really appreciate it. If you've not checked out the Patreon page, please go and do so. Please give us a, maybe a little bit of an early Christmas present or a late Christmas present. Go and check out. Go and see what the membership benefits are and all the content that we've got available to you. We will be putting a, a Patreon-only episode out very shortly. So you're not going to get it if you're a general listener. That means you've got to become a patron. So go and check it out and you'll see some of the patron-only content that's going to be coming up in 2021. Johnston, it's been a great end of the year with some of the fights that we've had and I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed us sitting down and, and, and having a little bitch about some of the negative things in boxing, but I've also enjoyed really talking about some of the, the things that excite us in boxing as well. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Uh, I always say it because it's true. Uh, quite simply, it was a... Uh... It was a it was a shit year for boxing uh, in the mid part of this year. Um, massive chunk of it we lost, but it sort of helped us because we were able to go and do the the other side episodes and we were able to just get our heads into that and and, and dig deep and just try and get as much material out as we could. So that was great fun. I mean that's the one thing I will say from the end of not having live boxing, we was able to go back and look at some of the old stuff and and some of the old stuff sort of makes you realise just how great boxing is and what it used to be. And we have moments, we have got fighters around that could really influence this year or next year, I should say. And 
and make it an even better year. We thought 2020 was going to be the year. It was. Uh, it basically wasn't. <laughs> it was just a. It was a complete washout. But it's been great fun. And, and again, I mean, the patrons, the guys that have been putting their hands in their pocket, uh, can't thank you enough. Really, I really do thank you so much for supporting us. And and if you can continue to do that, it really does help. And if anyone else wants to join in, please do because, you know, our target is to be able to do this on, on a on a more permanent basis and really just put out even better material and just keep doing what we're doing and trying to improve but it's so difficult with time so when we're able to get more funding and we're able to think about getting microphone from yourself and try and make the sound quality more better and you know that's what we want to be able to do and we want to be able to spend more time doing it and to do that we do need more patrons so you know i don't want to, it's not holding me out there asking for for some money is it Sean? it's not about that it's just we we've got a dream and we're just going to keep pursuing it and if anyone can help us and you enjoy listening then please you know if you can do what you can you know that'd be great but thank you for listening either way just just keep giving us as much feedback as possible so we can improve it as best we can so i've got to give a shout out to james slapman as well james slapman he's been a listener to the podcast for a long time and he actually did uh, mention about all the hours and, and the time that we put into the content and he's a listener that's always had a bit of feedback for us always positive as well thanks james for that uh, it's never been anything really negative about it he's just enjoyed the episodes he's enjoyed the debate about the boxing and he just made a valuable point that made me sit down and realize that you know we we do put hundreds of hundreds of hours probably thousands of hours into this uh, every single year that we've been doing this and whilst i feel like sometimes we we sat here and we literally feels like i'm begging sometimes i'm not begging i'm, I'm kind of presenting you guys with the products that you've got here which is what four podcasts going to five with ones to watch coming back and in return you know we'd be we're being able to provide all these different levels of content and we'd love to be able to put an episode out every single week of career profiles of the darker side of boxing of legendary nights of the main feed I'd love to do that every single week. I'd love to put an episode out on each one every single Monday. The only way we're ever going to be able to do that is if we dropped a few hours at work. That's not physically possible. It's not possible because we don't have the money to do that. The only way we'd be able to do that is if, like a lot of these other big podcasts out there, they had hundreds of thousands of patrons that were basically becoming members and getting all this content because that would give us then the money back to allow us to, to drop that time. That's essentially the only way we'd ever be able to do it. So anybody that supports us now, you're supporting covering the, the monthly fees for us. So we don't have to put our hands into the pocket to cover them fees, which then gives us something less to worry about, which means we can spend more time thinking about what episodes we're going to be doing next, how we're going to be delivering them, what research we need to do. There's there's a lot of things that go into what we do, and people don't always see that because we don't talk about it all the time. But I thought this was a good episode to, to just end it on, really, is, is thank you for everybody that you've done for us for this year. Thank you for all the feedback. Thank you to all the patrons for joining the programme. And, of course, have a wonderful Christmas. Have a safe Christmas, a wonderful New Year, and a safe New Year. We've enjoyed bringing you hours of content this year. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and the Facebook page the btr boxing podcast network subscribe on apple podcast or any available podcasting app out there and please enjoy the weekend enjoy this great holiday season and stay safe fight fans we'll see you in the new year Joshua defeats 
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.